0: And I remember the night, and I keep telling my daughter even till late, that that night she was not sleeping. Okay. It took me a lot of time, everybody, to put her to sleep. Yeah. And eventually she was sleeping when I was kind of propped on a sofa. And she s- slept on, you know, between my shoulders. So her uh, wow. head was here. And and and. I couldn't move my hand the entire night, yeah, right yeah so I couldn't, <laughs> you move. Were so I scared. couldn't move my hand. I was like fropped <laughs> in a way uh, thinking that I'm not gonna move otherwise she's gonna wake up yeah. and the next day I had such a terrible uh, you know uh, ache uh, you know sprain and then the, the, the I mean, neck was yeah. hurting you yeah. uh, know like and I keep telling her that this is what you made me do right. <laughs>
1: Pranav is a loving dad of two wonderful daughters, Ira and Anya. He's a global retail executive and founder and CEO of BuyNext, a tech company serving retail businesses, and of course, a dear friend of mine. The reason I thought Pranav might be a brilliant guest for today's episode on Dad Sense is because he tested and tried multiple things along his journey as a primary caregiver at home, as a dad in a new country, while managing work at home and creating a beautiful harmony. He also shared that being there with your little ones through all the chaos and trials right from their infancy stage to toddler stage to their teenage stage creates a tremendous bond that's indescribable. In this episode with Pranav, we got to discuss this and many more things that were heartwarming to listen to as a fellow dad. So lean back, listen, and enjoy my wide-ranging conversation with Pranav. Hey
0: Pranav, how are you? Yes, Vashish. Good, good, good. How are you?
1: I'm well, thanks for uh, joining this chat um, on my dad project. I'm calling it the learning dad project. And uh, I'm excited about our conversation. And as you know, you and I okay. have this common interest of being pretty involved dads to our children um, <laughs> for, the good, for the good or bad. Um, but you know, we, uh, we chat about that a lot. So I thought it'd be great to chat with you about your parenting sure. journey and uh yeah sure. i'm looking forward uh and thanks for joining so awesome. um yeah i'd love to uh, i'd love to go back to your childhood actually um and uh try and hear your story of uh where did you grow up how was your childhood like how's you know how was your dad and and we can we can go from there
0: yeah so so uh, i mean uh uh like, uh, I don't know if I ever told you. So I'm a, I'm a Maharashian. I was born in in uh, Maharashtra. Okay. Yeah. But my father uh, moved to Banaras as a professor in Banaras in the University. So wow. right at, yeah, yeah, I think I was two when we moved to Banaras. So I keep telling people that, you know, I'm the worst of two words. I'm a party and I'm a bhaiya. <laughs> it can't be. Yeah. So, 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 so two derogatory terms people use for uh, you know addressing uh, people who come from these uh, parts of India. Anyway, right. So, so yeah. Uh, so we stayed in the campus, uh, the B H U campus, which was amazing. I mean, it's a yep. great campus. It's almost like a city. Very green. And everybody around you uh, is from an education background. So, and there's a IIT there, there's a medical college there, there's you know all kinds of other uh, departments. Um, so, so it's great to kind of grow up in that that kind of environment. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And, uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, so that's that's where my childhood was uh, on a campus. Uh, the unfortunate thing about being on a campus and being a son of a professor is that you are a lot of rules. Everybody in the college. Oh yeah! No, everybody in the college knows you, right? So yeah, (laughs) this is Bhagwaji's Kalarka. you know. So you can't do anything, you know, out of the way. You know, you can't be naughty because everybody is looking at you (laughs) and expecting you to do (laughs) better in studies. So, so, so that's that's always uh, one thing when you are in the campus, okay? Uh, But yeah, it's it's uh, as a a, you know, growing up in, in a campus was amazing.
1: Uh, and, uh, Did you have a lot of rules a... uh, around the house, like I asked when you're growing up? Because um, your dad was a professor. Uh... Um,
0: he was strict, to be honest. <laughs> uh, he was she was quite strict, and uh, uh, obviously you are expected to do very well in studies. Yeah. Uh, but more importantly, he he kind of he was a math student, and he gave up math. So somewhere he always wanted me to do extremely well in maths, and that put me a lot of pressure right so you know right. while i was not bad at it okay i would end up having a headache during an exam <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> so so yeah yeah um, yeah and as a as a child i think uh, there were a couple of things that uh, happened so one uh, when i was quite young i think i was 5 or 6 i had blood dysentery so i was in the hospital for a few weeks weakness and all that and then when i was 11 years old uh, I had another accident, and um, I was playing with a friend uh, in his house, and uh, there was a terrace. I the shuttle went there. I went to pick it up, and I fell from the terrace on a concrete. Okay, on my head. Oh my god! Head. Wow. Yeah. So 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 fortunately, it was uh, a doctor's house, right? Yeah. So so immediately I was hospitalized, and of course, several weeks I was in the hospital, and then several months it took me to start walking. So to some extent, I would say that, uh, you know, as a child with all the health thing, okay, obviously parents were more involved into kind of um, trying to take care of me and yeah. stuff like that. So, so you I was even more obsessed. Yeah, I have two elder sisters. Okay. Got it. And uh, wow, yeah, you're the, spoiled uh, so one. the youngest. a uh, spoiled one and with all these issues, uh, yeah. too much obsession, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that that's uh, that's pretty much how it kind of shaped up.
1: That's that's great. That's great. Yeah, I can imagine growing up in a university campus. Uh, I can pretty much picture the campus, and I guess there's a lot of freedom as well, right? Uh, because it's captive, so you can run around, yes, go around uh, without sort of you know your parents worrying about कहाँ and and all that stuff.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. You just pick up a bicycle and just roam around. Yeah, and one thing good about being in the campus is that as a, as you know, you could you could you don't you don't necessarily have friends of your same age, right? Right. Of course you yeah. have. Yeah. But that didn't you know when I was in school, um, I remember going into IIT and making friends with some uh, M Tech guys and P Tech guys and having discussions about you know oh. some uh, astronomy and stuff like that. So so it's it's amazing right so yeah. you you never get that kind of environment where you can indulge your your interest and hobby your curiosity just, yeah Yeah, so i think that's that's a big thing and i uh, i would say that um uh, you know uh, thanks to my dad being in a small city but being in that kind of environment was uh, absolutely awesome
1: that's that's incredible yep um great and um what was uh, you know uh, we always talk about the fond memories in in childhood right uh, but we also yeah, have yeah. some tough times you know in, and, in our yeah. own ways uh, yeah, i can remember yeah. uh sometimes being i had i had three sisters as well um like you had two sisters so and my dad was of course uh he would uh he would have gone to work and basically there were my mom my grandmom, um and my three sisters. So a lot of times, like I would be just, you know, um, if I had to run away, i would just go to my room and, and just be alone. So at times, it was great to have all the siblings, sisters, but it was uh, sometimes it would get lonely, because, you know, you don't play with your sisters a lot. Um, Mm. So I wouldn't call it a tough time. But I, I remember being alone for a good amount of time. So what was, uh, you know, did you have any sort of uh, any like hardship or in any shape or form uh, that might have shaped your sort of, you know, um, growing up in some sense, uh, some shape or form?
0: I mean, uh, to be honest, a large part of it had to do with the fact that uh, because of the accident, there were a few challenges, right? So my power uh, eyesight uh, used to keep changing every six months. Okay. And I had a hearing problem for some time. And then there was always a balance problem. So, if you play a football or a physical game, then there's a good chance that you will be toppled out. Right? Yeah. So, so those were the challenges. Uh, I think from a home front, not much. Um, Two elder sister meant that they would talk a lot. So, I wouldn't get time to talk on the dinner table. So, I, I remember a lot of times my mom telling the sister that, please let him also talk. Yes. Uh, but then I think somewhere uh, I think it was eighth or seventh, eighth. Some some. Uh, I think I was fifteen year old, and things flipped, and then I took over. So I would talk so much that nobody else had a chance. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. so somewhere, somewhere, not being able to find voice, and yeah. I kind of completely changed. I yes, think yeah. a large part of that credit I would say uh, a transformation, not just uh, you know. Everywhere, uh, whether it was school, sports, um, studies. I think a large part of this was to do with uh, my being into sports, right? Right. Uh, so really, uh, I think I think in that sense, uh, while there were hardships, uh, I kind of took it very seriously and somewhere it kind of helped me, uh, uh, my personality. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I can imagine um, you not being exactly... Uh, ha- having the same level of dexterity or uh, 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 whatever you may call it because of your accident, did it make you feel like you wanted to sort of do better and you wanted to compensate uh, for that by going that extra mile uh, in sports?
0: Uh, I, honestly, I never thought of it like that. But yeah, yeah. there are challenges, but you kind of, you know, uh, as a kid, you don't overthink these things, Right. Right you just kind of say okay fine I, i'm not good at this yeah. right and you go and make an attempt yeah, right yeah, yeah. so you don't want to be left behind yeah, right so yeah. so yeah i mean see indian uh, small cities are different right you have to make your way correct yeah, yeah. so so you, things things teach you right that's I, right I, yeah. I don't think i was anyway any different or any special in that sense Right. Uh, everybody goes through this, and everybody yeah. finds their space. And
1: it does. It does. I agree. I mean, I look back at a lot of memories, um, in hindsight, and experiences, and you realize how all of that has taught us and shaped who we are as adults, right? Uh, and growing up in right. these small towns, right. having that unstructured life, so to say, has a lot, of, lot of advantage uh, that maybe somebody who grew up in a very structured uh, big city environment probably didn't have so yeah i hear you yeah. yeah cool so now let's flip to um your being a dad um which is kind of the main conversation we want to have today
0: uh, um, yeah yeah
1: so um tell me about the whole experience of how was the experience when you when you you know became the dad um we all you know i don't i will never forget when uh, neve my son was born it is probably the most uh, memorable moment of my life. Uh, I keep trying to think of anything better, but I never come up with it. That's, <laughs> that, that's our that's our first song. Uh, even it. the second one, yeah. you know, doesn't beat the first one. The first one is always stands out, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, I would love to hear uh, how was that experience for you? How did you feel, and and so
0: forth. Yeah, so I think I think the I mean the first child is always special, and then of yeah. course you kind of go through these prenatal classes, and you know you know some some other stuff that you learn. And when the baby is gonna uh, you know uh, come, how are you gonna change diapers, and <laughs> how are you gonna do this, how are you gonna do that? Yeah. And trust me, it's like uh, you know, like I tell people that you know, if you want to teach somebody swimming and you tell them that okay you're gonna move your hand like this and your leg like this and you'll learn to make actually just throw them when you get into the water <laughs> you realize that you've forgotten the of yeah. it okay it yeah. doesn't work like that exactly. so so i think uh you know uh, your first ad is is I, I mean obviously an awesome experience okay yeah. you're over the top yeah. uh at the same time uh you're not prepared for this Yep. You don't know how to even hold the baby, right? Yep. Because you never, you know, that small uh, baby you don't hold. Uh, so, so, uh, Reena, my wife had uh longish, uh, I, I would say, um, you know, we were at the hospital for a fairly long time. Yep. Um, dilation was taking time, finally, and, and I was in the room. Okay. That was in India and or in the, took, in the UK? In India. So, at that time, we were in India, yes, in Delhi. Yep. And um, and uh, I was in the room and then obviously uh, she took out all her anger on me, uh, <laughs> which was kind of uh, funny. And, and uh, yeah, and uh, the baby comes out and it's not crying, you know, and I'm like thinking that, you know, I'm telling the doctor, isn't the baby supposed to be crying? And he says, relax. And, you know, and then of course, uh, she, uh, she eventually started crying, but, you know, you have this, yeah, uh, you've yeah. not been through this, right? So you yeah. kind of, yeah. And, yeah. and she had, uh, when she was born, uh, there was a little bit of jaundice. So they, yeah. they have to come uh, keep her in, in the Yeah, which
1: is kind of, uh, you know, it's not a very rare occurrence. You know, there are quite a few cases right. where the babies get into jaundice. Got yeah. Got yeah. Right.
0: And I remember the night, and I keep telling my daughter even till date that that night, she was not sleeping. Okay, it took me a lot of time, everybody, to put her to sleep. Yeah. And eventually she was sleeping when I was kind of propped on a sofa and she slept on, you know, between my shoulders. So her uh, head wow. was here and, 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 i couldn't move my hand the entire night yeah right yeah. so i couldn't move you were so i could my hand. i was like propped <laughs> in a way uh, thinking that i'm not going to move otherwise she's going to wake up and yeah. the next day i had such a terrible uh, you know uh, a uh, you know sprain and then the, the, the I mean, neck was yeah. hurting you yeah. uh, know like and i keep telling her that this is what you made me do right in, <laughs> in the beginning but but yeah, it's it's amazing, you know. As as the child keeps growing, uh yeah. you know, your life completely changes. Uh, yeah. And nothing nothing that teaches you how to be a parent, right? Yep. So uh, yeah, and every every three months you kind of go through uh, a Feels, different. Yeah. Uh, journey and different learning. With the second yeah. one, I got smarter, of course. <laughs> and and I, I kind of started developing some techniques. And yeah. while we were in UK for the second one, yeah. uh, by that well, time, was, I the was out. born in the, in the UK.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. She was yeah. on,
0: uh, born in the UK. yeah. And by that time, um, I knew the fundamental problems, the biggest issue of uh, putting them to sleep and waking yeah. up in the night and all that. So I had kind of created apparatus, right? So I had created this uh, uh, what you call choli, uh, yeah. you know, kids. Uh, so I had I had these two mountaineering ropes, and and I had created this uh, lycra-based uh, stuff. Yeah. So the baby would go into that and completely gets, you know, uh, and uh, and I would just put it up. Just keep and, rocking, uh, right? uh, yeah. rocking, and and yeah. then I did something even even different. That's right? that's pretty ingenious. So just, <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, never heard but then her.
0: I also realized with my elder one that you know, I she wanted me to always pat her before yep. sleeping. So somewhere your heart or heartbeat is something yep. that makes the baby feel comfortable. Yep. And then I realized that for the second one, I can't be taking all that effort again. So <laughs> I, I had this uh, small uh, bottle of half-filled water, which I used to put along with that rocking thing, which would make this own sound. Yeah. And I realized that, you know, in five minutes, she would fall asleep with all asleep that apparatus, out. right? So I, because in UK, you don't have the support system, right? That's right. I wanted to find a way so that, you know, I don't have to go through all that I did with the first one with the yeah. you know, so so I did di- do these uh, different techniques, these hacks, yeah. which <laughs> I think worked a lot. <laughs> yeah, which worked, <laughs> uh, uh,
1: yes. And nice and
0: I, I didn't talk about it then because I did not know whether it was legal in in, <laughs> in, in the UK. So, uh, but yeah, yeah, it was very useful. Anything
1: uh, that takes to together. put the baby to bed, right? Anything. Yes, absolutely. You can absolutely. do. Yeah, I remember. Um, uh, when we were new parents, we didn't try it, but a lot of our friends tried it. They put their babies in the in the dryer, on the top of the, not in the dryer, on the top of the dryer. Yeah. So in the dryer,
0: <laughs> it's
1: a nice rocking. Yeah, I can't imagine putting them inside the dryer. Um, so they, <laughs> but apparently that worked. Um, I was yeah. pretty uh, blown away by by that technique. And of course the usual technique of putting them in the car and go for long rides,
0: Correct. Back Always home. works. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. But That's the problem cool. is when you're back home and you're picking them up again, they wake <laughs> up and then <laughs> and they wake up and then back to square one. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. So it looked like you you did a pretty uh um, you know you're pretty involved as a dad, right? I mean obviously we see dads across the spectrum. Some are, of course, in our generation we are a little bit more involved than our previous generation. But even in our generation, you know, um, it's you know you see a difference. Uh. Dad's being in different spectrum, but sounds like you are uh, sharing a lot of a uh, lot of the parenting, the uh, the, the duties in the house.
0: See now, you you know, increasingly people are living in the nuclear family, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, so you kind of end up sharing. But I don't think I kind of uh, we discussed this or something. It just happened naturally, and out, yeah. and uh, with the baby in the house, you end up doing it, right? Yeah. So uh, I don't think it, anything special it is just that you feel that uh you know and i think with both my kids there are some responsibilities which have naturally been either i have taken over or Rina has given it up to me or whatever so there are some things that is assumed that this is something prana will take care of right? right right making them in the morning getting them ready or putting them in the uh, to sleep in the night is my job right that's cool So that that uh has not changed right so, yeah, and and uh, both the girls, any yeah. time in the night, if they have, they wake up, they need something, they're never going to go and talk to the mom. Yeah. Okay, They'll they come will always comment. How, <laughs> how, how old are they now? So, Aira, uh, the elder one, she's 13 years old. And yeah. the younger one is now 8 years old, Anya. And
1: they yeah. they come to you... When they wake up in the night yeah. and they need
0: anything, right? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. They will never go to <laughs> their
1: mom. Well, that tells you, though, yeah. that tells me that, you know, you've um, you, you, you spent time with them, you know, in those times. I think caregiving, it's a sort of a very, in my own experience, is, uh, is a sort of underappreciated uh, parenting experience, right? Like typically, right. like dads would like to play, you know, they do the fun things, right? Correct, and correct. they won't do the the, the things that Brandy are work. sort of not very not very pleasant, yeah. you know, yeah, cleaning, yeah. diaper change, giving them a shower, yeah. putting them to bed. This, this is actually hard work, right? Yes,
0: uh, but yeah. I
1: realized that you you actually, if you do that, then it creates a whole different kind of bond. Like, like yeah,
0: you're saying. Yeah, I, I think, yeah. I mean, like some of those things, eight out of 10 times, I would end up doing it if I'm at home. And cool. uh, both with my elder daughter, so what happened was when we were in India, uh, Reena took six months off, and she, then she was supposed to join back work.
1: Yeah. That was
0: the time also. Then uh, you know, we I had to move to UK. So I took a forty-five day leave to spend time with IRA, right? And, and kind awesome. of it really helped me kind of connect. How old um, she? And then at that time she was uh, six months. That's so, when Reena went wow. to uh, you know, in So uh, and then uh, even with the Uh, the second child, uh, Reena was then working uh, in in London and we were in southwest of uh, uh, UK, Hampshire. So, one and a half hours up and down on a a tube and my office was pretty close, right? So, I would end up having to kind of uh, get the children ready for school, get them to have breakfast, drive them to school, drop them one to a play school, another school, so you were really kind of the like primary caregiver almost, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. In UK for, I think, uh, three years, uh, yeah. getting them up, doing their break, getting their breakfast done, uh, getting uh, them ready, dropping them to school, picking them up, taking them to the playground, getting them to have a bath and having dinner before Rina comes home was my job. Right. Wow. So, that's, that's cool. <laughs> so, 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 and then, you know, of course, uh, you know, in europe you can always kind of uh, get up from a meeting and say you have a school run right Sure. it doesn't sure. happen that uh, in india that's right but then i would kind of then um, post them going to bed then late in the night i would cover up any work related issues so but yeah uh was uh, every day monday to friday my job to kind of get them uh to go around
1: that's pretty, that's pretty amazing. You know, of course, in the Indian context, um, you don't see this, you don't hear many stories like this, right? Uh, because of our ecosystem, the health, the joint family system in in many cases. Right. And right. Uh, I've noticed that, you know, that might turn uh, the translate into dads not being able to get that time with the children, right? Because while in one hand, it's the duty, but when you look back, you actually spent a lot of quality time right watching them grow and yes. connecting with them bonding with them how's uh do you feel like because of that period right that you got to spend with them like your connection and relationship with them is different and if you hadn't done that do you think that it would not have been in this place or the
0: way it is i know it's obviously yeah no uh, yeah obviously i mean there, there's uh Given the fact that I spent so much time, obviously, there's, uh, there's a lot of comfort. But then again, you know, every child goes through phases, right? So, Aya yep. now is kind of a teenager, uh, she's a teenager now, right? Yep. And they go through a different challenge. So, while two, three years back, you know, uh, things would be pretty smooth. Now, I'm suddenly kind of uh, sitting across a grown up child and, yep. and she has a mind of her own. Yep. And it's no longer that she's going to listen to whatever I'm going yep. to tell her. So, so, <laughs> so I think, uh, and I, I, I remember back uh, in my school days, I gave my parents all, a horrible time as a teacher, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so, so. Coming back uh, to you now. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. So you know, while all I would like to believe that there was a lot of connection, I'm actually struggling right now with the elder one. Okay, to reestablish sure. some of that connection. Because, right. uh, you know, as a teenager, she is, she is uh, completely, um, you know, in some sense, a different person compared to what she was two years back.
1: Interesting. Fascinating. Yeah, yeah. ours are younger, uh, eight and um, boy eight and our, um, our son is eight and daughter Nila is six. As you know, you came to the birthday party. Although she, is, yeah, she yeah. does feel like a teenager.
0: But you're know, there's still, there's
1: still a little bit away huh? and I, I can only try to appreciate what you must be going through, just, you know, imagining the changing phases of their lives and each phase yeah. brings a, a new facet to the relationship.
0: Yeah. So, so, you know, you can't carry your connection. I'm, I'm sure there is obviously a connection, but you can't assume that just because you were getting along earlier, you're going to get along <laughs> now. Okay. Yeah. That's, a really, that's a really good point. <laughs> so you
1: had to work at it every day right and
0: every day every day every day absolutely
1: that that's that's a fascinating point i never thought about it yeah i agree i mean it 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 makes sense like every relationship right whether it's with your spouse or any relationship you can't take anything for granted and it applies here as well that's that's great um cool so um how has You know, again, like you said, we don't pay a lot of attention to conscious attention to our parenting style, but um, how has your life experience shaped your approach uh, as a dad? Do you think about it? Do you think you, you know, you can connect the dots, Um, if you will?
0: So, I mean, uh, uh, I mean, of course, there is a lot that you will kind of take from your parents, right? Yep. The way you, they brought you up, and of course, uh, being on a campus, you know, you're not just being parented by your parents, every professor thinks it is his right to kind of teach you <laughs> <Yeah>. something, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, 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 um, uh, you know, in terms of, uh, uh, I remember my dad when I was still, I think, 10 years old, um he kind of, uh, he was changing over his scooter, right, so opening up a part and everything and he involved me in that entire process and I remember him involving me in a lot of projects, okay, uh, at home front, electricity and all that, you know, I would be scared to get my daughter to do some of the stuff that he got me to do but, you know, in the process um, I learned a lot and I think that that's something I, I kind of picked it up from him saying that, you know, working with them on yep. certain projects. projects really makes yeah, a huge difference. yeah. Yep. so somewhere that, that I think and, and patience, I think I, I got from mom. So, so, so those are the, some of the experiences that that kind of shape you. Um, yep. But at the same time, there are also other things that you probably kind of notice around you that you don't want to uh, do. Right. So yep. as you grow around you, there is always this concept that girls should do this and guys should do that. And as growing up, uh, yeah. you you know you are expected to do those things. So, th- I think that consciously, I didn't want to kind of uh, practice, right? So, yeah. I, I didn't want to differentiate, or at any given point of time, tell them that you can't do this because you're a girl or a boy, you know. So, so that that I think that that's another thing. Where did that uh, come from? Like, two. how
1: did that like Was it natural? Obviously, in the in the contemporary world, we are looking at more and more equal you know, voice, uh, between boys and girls and it's all around us, but, uh, do you feel like you also got that sort of sense of equality or, or rather not differentiating between boys and girls like that came from your, your, you know, your growing up, your parents? Uh, I,
0: I, I don't, I don't know where it came from. Okay. But, you know, uh, uh, so, you know, one thing I always used to feel that let's say you, if you go to Poison Us, even yeah. in UK, Europe, anywhere, yeah. there's always the blue oil and there's a pink That's oil. That's right. right. Yeah. Yeah. It's right. so stark. So everywhere yeah. you're, ex- yeah, everywhere you expected that the girl will always go in the pink section and buy something pink. The yeah. And she's going to pay. Yeah. And I used to hate it. Right. Yeah. And I would say that why don't you make unisex products? Just neutral, it's yeah. Teach, And you go to a lot of toy shops, and you realize that you know it's very distinct. Boys will always get the guns and the balls, and the yeah, the stereotypes. To yeah, play with, and the girls will the, always the superheroes,
1: play. the Spiderman, and Spider-Man's kind of and
0: programming them. You know, yeah. despite everything, every toy that you pick up is programming them to think of them dif- differently. Yeah. So, so um, I you know i don't think uh, i kind of thought this uh, previously but after uh, uh, when i think aira was 3 4 years old i got sick of this pink and blue and then i kind of got into this hobby of making toys for her okay to teach her some stuff right incredible. and and uh, yeah and and so that's that kind of i also have outgrown out of that hobby now <laughs> but but during that phase i i kind of uh, you know it on myself that you know what I'm going to design some toys that will teach her something yeah. and maybe construction related or whatever. Uh I don't know if it is genetics or whatever, but the girls do have this phase when they go for princesses and stuff like that. Sure. I don't think they will but they sure. will outgrow that. Yep. And then I would try to kind of you know bring a game into that and then try to say okay if the prince is uh, on the top of the stair and the princess is here, how many stairs she has to climb. X, Y, Z, and, and kind of teach her maths in that. But yeah, I, I think beyond that, I never thought of it too much. I yeah. think the only time I used to really feel it is, in, is when I used to do toy shopping. Because that yeah. that really used to piss me off.
1: Yeah, no, that's a great point you made, actually. Um, and I didn't, obviously, didn't think about that when I asked this question. But it's fascinating. I so agree with you that, you know, we, we reinforce these stereotypes at such a young age. And then we then we ask ourselves, how did this happen? Like, why is he reacting <laughs> like this, or why is she yeah. reacting like this? It's all sort of our own doing, right? The ecosystem, yeah. and it keeps getting yeah. reinforced. Yeah. 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 Thanks for sharing that. That's really interesting. Um, other the other thing that I, it's coming to my mind is you know, um, and it probably is more true during this COVID phase. And you actually have. You know, i knowing you, I know you, you know, kind of like, a, you know, you spend time at home. I know you travel even before COVID, but you spend a lot of time at home. Uh, so it's not new for you, but it's, it's, it's new for a lot of dads now, right? With their home, they have this new reality that they have the kids next to them. And a lot of them yeah. are probably struggling with how do they navigate the work and the kids, and probably they're being expected to do some more. And given that everyone's at home, uh, they're expected to share a little bit more and they cannot escape that. So um, I'm wondering, what are some of the ways in which you, you and Reena, you know, navigate this sort of parenting duties? Uh, I know you've been doing it for a while, but what would you tell uh, dads who are suddenly stuck, now stuck at home? What are some of the tools that uh, you would sort of recommend to them? (laughs)
0: <laughs> That's a <laughs> difficult question. It is hard. Yeah, yeah it See, is a hard question. Yeah, I think uh, because I have done this for three, four years in UK without yeah. any support system, uh, I, I I don't find this difficult at all. I think the big difference here is when people who have not been used to working from home. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, and of course there were times in between when I came back to India. I joined a company uh, which required me to be in office a lot of long. For long hours sure. uh, but th- even during that time there was always that assumption that you know there are certain things that i will take over right yep. so so um, but once i have started working from home uh, you know you have to you have to behave like you're in office right Yep. So even when I start work from home, I normally, I I would end up, uh, you know, getting up and being informals, Right. So mm-hmm. sometimes Ira laughs at me saying, if you're sitting at home, why do you need to be informants? Right. But somewhere it kind of consciously makes a difference. It yeah, makes a transition. transition you know, because, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you have to realize that boss, just like there is office, you leave the office. Similarly, you have to leave your work at leave home. Leave your work, yeah. And that yeah that is what i think people are not doing okay because yeah. they are at work they keep stretching and then yeah. there is an assumption also of most people and most offices is that because you are at home you are always accessible yeah. i think we need, yeah you need to make that uh uh you know i and if you tell somebody that you know you're not available after seven o'clock because you're with your family okay may, you know they'll appreciate it uh, yep. you know, once or twice you tell them, I, I do that with clients actually, yep. you know, forget offices, doing it for, with a client is far more difficult. Absolutely. But yeah. over the years, I've actually been uh, told my clients that, listen, I'm not available at this time. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And uh, trust me, <laughs> you just have to tell tell them once, right? And they won't do it, right? So nobody is going to expect you to be on a call at nine in the night or yep. on a weekend. Uh, you, I think it is just in your head. Treat work from home also as office. And uh, again, yes, you have kids around and all that. If you are able to set boundaries and engage them at the right time, nothing stops you. Just like you go out for a smoke in office. You right. go out and talk to your kids for 5 10 minutes, right? Yeah, yeah, It's not that all the time you're sitting and doing right. stuff. So you at just at yeah, yeah. go out 5-10 so, minutes, engage with them a little bit, get them to yeah. do something else, uh, and and get along. I think there's no need to make a big science about it. Uh, yeah. Just just common sense helps.
1: I love it. I love the simplicity in which you described, and it absolutely makes sense. I uh, you know it's, it's not as easy to practice. Uh, for example, I was thinking when you were sharing, I was thinking... Uh, there's a certain degree of guilt that comes in, right? Uh, when when you are asked to join a meeting and you are not able to, uh, and I have struggled with that myself. Even if it's like at a time that I was, I had already planned to be with a family, but, you know, somebody who is really way senior from you, to you calls you and says, hey, like, can you join this call? And, you know, you you were going to have dinner or whatever, right? Now, it hasn't happened many times, it has happened with me. And then there's a certain degree of, I don't know how to express it, you know, you degree of whether you call reservation to even be comfortable with you saying that, you know, I was going to have dinner, for example, or I was just going to, I had carved out this playtime for my kids. Somehow that becomes less important, right? in front of this big meeting that is going to happen now. And uh, and I'm guessing, I don't know the answer. And I, uh, I'm wondering if it happens more to men than women or, you know, men feel a little bit more burdened not to be able to s- say that uh, I was going to like play with my children and I can't make it to this meeting. But something, right? Something about this. I don't know how, you know, whether you like this resonates with you or not, maybe with not with you, but do you feel like that, like some yeah. men might be, dads might be struggling with that?
0: I'm sure. Uh, see, I think uh, one big cultural issue here is that uh, if I was, let's say if I was always in India, okay, I yeah. I would have never thought about this work-life balance at all, right? Mm. Because yeah. you're always assumed to be working. Okay. <laughs> uh, if, if you know, uh, um, if if your if your boss calls you at six in the morning and it has happened with me once and and saying yeah Pranav I have this idea and I tell him that oh I am actually working on that he felt good that okay six in the morning also this guy is working right <laughs> <laughs> but but you somewhere you kind of program yourself thinking that work is all you need to do yeah and uh, I mean I am now on my own I have my yeah. own company
1: yeah
0: but uh, I make it a point that uh, you know. At least I can practice certain cultures in my company sure. and I don't make people work on a Saturday-Sunday, right? Yep. And and at odd hours, because, you know, you can always do something later. Yep. Not to say that there will never be a case where you're going to be working at odd times, okay? But once in a while is okay, making yep. it as a rule uh, is a problem. And ex- yep. I think expecting is an issue. It's not a question about you having a call at 9 and 10. Okay, you can always ask your team that are you okay to do this now? yeah but expecting them to say yes because you have asked them as a boss that's a that's a problem
1: that's a problem yeah yeah okay. yeah I hear you yeah um, and i i don't you know i know you own, own your company and you probably have a, you know few more degrees of freedom not that uh, a ton more degree of freedom but um do you think that somebody who obviously is not an entrepreneur doesn't own their company works for a company works for a corporation Sort of in a relatively junior level. Do you think they can practice this as well? If they, if they want to? These philosophies to honest, that you share.
0: To be honest, actually it's easier. See, understand this. And I say this now. When you're working very hard, you're making money for your company.
1: Right?
0: Yeah. When I'm, making, I'm working hard, I'm making money for myself. Right. So somewhere, um, you know, you being able to take off time Uh, From work should be easier when you are working for somebody else. Right. Okay. Right. When I am taking off time from my company to do something, I know there is an opportunity
1: opportunity cost. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, uh, That uh, that I have to budget for. So I think it is just a mindset. Okay. Uh, And it's just it is because over the years everybody has kind of got into this expectation that. Teams need to work hard, and of course, I, I work hard. I get everybody in my team to work hard, but at yeah. the same time, having the flexibility that they should be able to spend time, you know, uh, for their family is, is something uh, you need to be uh, cognizant of. Yeah, I, I remember one instance. Uh, yeah, I was working for a Korean company, and there was a, a, there was uh, you know a girl in my team, two levels uh, below me. Uh, she was expecting. And she wanted some flexibility. So she had delivered and she wanted yeah. some flexibility. So she took some time off six months back. Uh, later, she came back and she she wanted some kind of flexibility in terms of work from home, et cetera, et cetera.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh, I said, fair enough, go ahead. You can do this, 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 this. And then after a few weeks, her boss, who, who used to report to me, comes and complains saying that, how can you give such a lot of flexibility? And I'm like... Uh, Dude, you also have a family, your your uh, daughter is also at the same age, yep. I mean, uh, just imagine you also would, uh, you know, your your family would want this kind of uh, privileges yeah. and if she is able to sit at home and work or do something, what is wrong? So eventually, uh, you know, even the HR and she was yeah. female. Uh, and she came and told me that now you can't have such flexibility and I'm like what is wrong with you people okay <laughs> why can't you give flexibility to women otherwise how will you have women in the workforce right yeah absolutely. so then I ended up giving her a project so that she she could kind of uh, you know uh, do it and she was excellent at her work right yeah uh, but she could she could uh, you know work uh, at, from home for a couple of days and still be able to deliver this and and uh, yeah it was tough and and, and it, sometimes I find it kind of surprising when women who are working are not able to empathize with women forget men yeah, right men right. you don't expect them to empathize right? right but why can't women empathize with women so yeah it, yeah no I, I, I think it's just
1: yeah i i hear you you know i think there is this is this this is so deep seated in our culture right uh, it's not about men and women i think uh, the syndrome of being completely indebted to your employer and not respecting anyone's personal needs is deeply rooted and i think these little interventions you know you can't solve this thing overnight right it, like yeah. one one issue at a time one situation at a time if you can make a little bit of a difference, it all adds up, I feel like, and slowly the culture will change. Great, uh, I know we are coming up on time. Uh, it's been great chatting with you. Um, I just would like to love, have uh, you know ask a couple of last questions and we'll sign off. Um, one is still st- staying on that topic of you know today's dad, uh, whether they have young children or growing children or teenagers uh there is a uh an imbalance in in parenting uh you know i'm just obviously i'm not i can't quote any statistics but empirically it's it's a mom uh driven parenting culture right a lot of times moms do the heavy lifting uh, at home so um what i know i, I it might be putting you on a spot but i what uh is your message to dads uh, in order to tilt that balance, if not equally, a little bit more towards them, what uh, what would be your message?
0: I think my message would be to the moms. Okay, get the dads to to start work, <laughs> start working, right? I mean, I I don't think I can take entire credit for my involvement because I think somewhere uh, Reena pushed me into it or maybe yeah. kicked me into it. Okay. And maybe then I took it over. So, so I think, uh, you know, uh, some dads will obviously take this with, with pleasure, but most dads, uh, you know, nobody is going to volunteer to change diapers. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so and, and, uh, especially in India, if you have a lot of resources yep. uh, around you and your parents and your in-laws at home, then, then you feel that there are enough people to take care of it. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I think, uh, either it is voluntarily or it is kind of given to them. Uh, so, 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 so yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm talking from my personal experience yeah, with yeah, some yeah. of my friends. That's and a, of great course, point. Uh, a lot of them, uh, my close friends are, uh, probably more involved than I am. Okay. Yeah. I'm nowhere near them, yeah. but then I also see a lot of other people I've grown up with in schools and colleges who completely are not, uh, yeah. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, you know, uh, their morning sports and their evening whatever uh, yeah. routine continues. So, I think they they probably, uh, you know, they, I think their spouses need to do the job of getting them to yeah. start. Well, I hear you. I hear you.
1: Yeah. I, uh, I have the same thing. You know, I, I'm involved, but I, you know, not everything that I do is voluntarily. Sometimes I'm just, I'm voluntold that you have to do yeah. this and uh yeah i agree that's a, that's a great point actually thanks for sharing and i hope all i hope all the moms are listening as well along <laughs> with the dads <laughs> um cool thank you um so that kind of almost brings us to the end of this conversation and i totally loved it and you know i feel like we can chat for a long time about this stuff but we have to end uh, but i'd like to end this conversation with this question for your own um, I don't know if you think about it uh, when you are, you know, your children are grown up, and you don't have to do, uh, you know, go through all this pain and struggle that we all go through as dads. How, like, how do you see yourself? What would you like to see? Do you have dad goals, um, or you feel like you just one day at a time enjoy the journey? Uh, what's how does that feel like? So.
0: I mean, there is always the goals uh, as a parent, right? Yeah. Uh, but but I think um, you know, goals to me are not in the sense that you know they should do extremely well in studies or go to college. And I I think for me, if uh, if my both daughters are strong, independent women who can yeah. uh, make their own decision in life and not not be uh, you know uh, dependent um, emotionally or financially. Yeah. Uh I think that's that's uh, that's great. I mean uh that's that's what I would say uh, yeah. would be something that uh, probably I would think is is worth
1: success. yeah, yeah. yeah. But, that's great. Thanks Pranav, thanks for chatting with me. Uh, uh I love this conversation and uh again thanks for sharing your stories, thanks for sharing. I, I hope I uh, I know I pushed you to think a lot about your childhood memories and dug out all your uh, memories, but I hope it was fun for you as well. But I really loved it. Thanks so much. Uh, there she is. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. That's, 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 is a, that's a good note to, yeah. good, good <laughs> not to end this meeting. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Hello. Okay. Cool. Thanks so much. You have a good night. Uh, lovely talking to you. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Good night. So here are my learnings from the episode. How we get inspired by our childhood and our own experience of our own parents shape how we parent ourselves, consciously or unconsciously. I also learned you have to put in the hard work as a dad to be able to create a strong bond with your children that remains for the lifetime. And lastly, how you have to continue to keep up with the growth of your children and shift gears to meet them where they are. And that one parenting style doesn't work for the whole lifetime of parenting. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'll see you in the next one. Thank you.